eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the week one edition of Baldy's Breakdowns, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We cannot wait to preview a meaty, juicy, delectable initial NFL slate with you guys highlighting some of the games that really catch our attention and then also maybe previewing very early preview of some of the postseason awards that we could see forthcoming when we get through the entirety of the 2021 season. As always, I'm Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter, and I have the honor of being joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL to take you through, um, again, our sort of uh, – portal into week one we're gonna focus on some of the key matchups starting with obviously Thursday night Tampa Dallas and all that comes with that Um, the Browns and Chiefs the Bills and Steelers the Packers Saints the Chargers and Washington football team and then again we'll 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 take a flyer on some um, accolades players you know defensive player of the year MVP coach of the year all that good stuff but Baldy Best of all, we now get to dive our teeth into, I'll keep the food metaphors going, into actual game film uh, and actual results and actual statistics from games that matter in the actual standings. It's always a long season, about half a year. I'm long off season, but it's over. We have football. We do, Jason. And uh, if I'm gauging this correctly, from my visits to training camp and running through airports and talking to fans in various places, if, if, you know, if my antenna are right, I don't know that we've had a more anticipated season than what we have coming up here, especially in light of what we went through, you know, uh, you know, in this pandemic a year ago and are still battling, you know, every day. Uh, but the fans will be there. I'll be in Kansas city on Sunday Arrowhead will be rocking. They'll be trying to set records with their noise meter there. Uh, It's just one of a slate of games that begin tonight. We're taping this on Thursday morning before the kickoff game here uh, in Tampa as they raise their flag. um, And they look like the team to beat 
this year. We were just playing around here, Jason, this morning, and we were just looking at the great Tom Brady and just some of the things that just sort of <laughs> jump out at you. He's, he has started 45 postseason games. He started three years, three years of, of just postseason. I mean, all these quarterbacks ultimately get evaluated by how they perform in the postseason. You got to get there. So Tom Brady in the postseason, 45 starts is 34 and 11. There's nobody that comes close. Nobody in the history of the game because it comes close to what he's achieving. And just by watching him this preseason, it looks like he's going to add to that total uh, this year. Well, and Baldy, I'm, I would imagine, so he's, you know, 34 wins out of 45 games. I'd imagine there's probably only eight to ten quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, maybe less, who've even appeared in 34 postseason games, let alone won 34 postseason games. I mean, it's bonkers. Well, I mean, if you look at, say, you know, his adversary for so long, you know, Peyton Manning. I mean, Peyton Manning started 27 games in a postseason. Yeah, he's won more games. And, you know, Peyton Manning, the great, you know, with two Super Bowls and all that. I mean, he was 14 and 13. He's got 20 more wins in the postseason, you know, than Peyton Manning. I mean, you put him up against anybody. Aaron Rodgers, you put him up against Favre, put him up against Joe Montana. Joe Montana had 23 starts, was 16 and 7, impressive winning percentage, but nobody. So, anyways, that kind of kicks off where we're going today because, you know, I've watched Tom Brady get sacked in a po- in a preseason this year. I've seen him get hit. I've seen him complete 10 passes in a row against the Houston Texans. I mean, he played 25 snaps with the first-team offense. I'm still waiting for Dak to throw a ball that looks meaningful to me. Like, I, like the idea that you can just march players out there in the NFL and execute, I, I'm sorry, Jason. I don't, I don't buy that. Not at the quarterback position. I, defensive tackles can go out there. Aaron Donald could go out there and play at Aaron Donald's level without practice, you know, without meaningful action. You, you can't do that at quarterback. You just can't. The timing is so critical. And I just don't know that if they're going to get that. And I had all these, you know, analysts this summer tell me, well, they'll just run the ball. Okay. That, that's, that helps. But, like, you're not running it on third and ten. You're not running it on, you know, second and 17. You're just not doing it. And so I just think the Cowboys are going to have to take, to, in my mind, Jason, they're going to need September to be their August. They're going to need these first three games of the season to really kind of get them to where they want to be, you know, as a team. And and I don't think I'm misspeaking about that. You know, I think that's where this team is at right now. You know, they play the Chargers next week. Then they play the Eagles on Monday night, all in September. They're going to need September to get themselves into shape. And it's probably – they're probably lucky and fortunate that the season has been extended to 17 games because I think they're going to need it. I'm with you. On the opposite side, um, to your point, Tom Brady's got a full base under him now. They had a normal offseason and preseason – they had all the um, kumbayas in their week 13 bye last year, right, and kind of transformed themselves. All that's behind them. Baldy, this may sound crazy for all that Tom Brady's accomplished in his career, but you and I both know that he's a stone-cold assassin, and he finds any way to motivate himself. I got a little pet theory. 
I can remember you and I talking around like week six and week eight and week 10. And it's like, why aren't the Bucks winning in prime time? Why can't you know? What I mean? Why do they keep finding ways to lose these games when the whole league's watching? You don't think he knows that? And he knows everybody's watching Thursday night. I, I just think he he's always looking for that little motivation, real or fake, to keep that fire burning as 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 brightly as it does. I could see him saying, "Oh yeah, you guys were laughing at me last year and saying we blew this lead, and I threw three picks in that game, and." You know, we're not looking good with the bright lights. Well, come watch us Thursday night and see what that looks like. Yeah, you know, um, he can do quarterback speak as well as anybody that's ever played the game. I mean, he can give you all the the answers and give you, you know, the the million-dollar smile, the whole thing. That guy, that that guy's got a knife in his hand. He's looking to stab you, um, you know, and put you away. Just rip your jugular out. I, you know, I, I, I think I mentioned this in one of the other podcasts. I, I went to see them this summer, Jason, in obscene heat. Like, I, I can't tell you how many Gatorades I drank during their practice watching the practice, right? You know, as it only can get in Tampa. And I'm telling you, I've never seen a quarterback that engaged in a practice. I mean, talking to rookie wide receivers, Clyde Christensen, the quarterback coach, like every single play. Like, he's involved, and he's integrated. I mean, just when he says he's trying to get that much better every day, he's that's what he's trying to do. And he's got a tremendous stage with a great team around him tonight to really get this thing kicked off and send a message. Anybody that thinks, and I don't know why they would think this, Jason, but I'm sure they're, like, looking for some reason that they can't repeat. Um. You know, nobody has repeated since Brady's Patriots in 03-04. Like, I think he wants to send a real loud, clear message that we're the team to beat. And put the bullseye on us. We Mm -hmm. welcome it. I I think that's the attitude. To put a bow on this one, Baldy, if this was one-way traffic, if if this became a bit of a beatdown, would it shock you? Yeah. No, it wouldn't shock me at all. Like, I, I just... I think the Cowboys will become a pretty good team this year. I just can't see. And we all got to wait. We're all going to watch, you know, Dak tonight and just see. Like, first of all, let's just see how well he moves. Because I'm not, you know, I'm sure he's healed from the gruesome, you know, ankle injury that he had a year ago. I'm sure he's healed. But I'm sure, you know, uh, he's going to get tested tonight in that. And let's just see this shoulder. Because, I've watched Hard Knocks, and I, I don't know that I've seen the throws that you've got to make to win games right now. Um, you know, I don't know that I've seen those in that episode. I see him having a good time, and I, I know he's a good guy. I know he's a good leader. I know all that. But, you know, performance is what it's all about. And so Dak's got one win in the postseason. Tom Brady's got 34. It's about winning in the postseason. Jerry knows that. Jerry feels the heat 25 years without a Super Bowl appearance or, you know, and that kind of a run. So they all feel it in Dallas. Let's see just how that organization measures up tonight. Well, the team that the Bucs knocked off in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs, they hit the ground running with a rematch of their affair with the Cleveland Browns from the playoffs. We know Patrick Mahomes was limping around behind a shoddy offensive line last January and February. 
the Chiefs, as we've documented, spent, um, you know, prohibitively in terms of trade capital and cash to upgrade that offensive line. Um, Baldy, let me start you with this one. I guess, you know, there's there's different ways this could be approached. There's some who would say, well, you need to keep Mahomes off the field. The Browns have a better defense now than a year ago. They've got two starting caliber running backs. Maybe they play ball control. There's others who would say, well, even if you do that, Mahomes is going to put up 28-35 on you, even if you have a good day. And if you're running that much, you 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 better be finishing with seven and not three. And maybe you need to fight fire with fire, explosive play for explosive play. Do you have any thoughts on either of those philosophies being more effective than the other? I think Cleveland could go out there and Jadevian Clowney could play at, you know, at the highest level that he's played at. Miles Garrett can wreak havoc. I don't think it's going to make a difference to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I, I have predicted, Jason, that they will set an NFL record this year for points scored in a season. It's 606 set by Peyton in Denver in 2013. 17 games will help. But I watched his offense, and I, they, Cleveland can put all the guys out there they want. It's, it's about the way the offense is and what you're doing and how they counter it, how they see the field. And I, I went back and I watched the divisional championship game last night, and I'm watching Tyree Kill in the middle of the field. I'm watching Travis Kelsey just abuse linebackers. I'm just watching all of this. And I go, I, I don't know what Cleveland can do schematically to stop some of this stuff. The speed when they have Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman on the field, it's a track team. And you have to respect it. And so these safeties, sometimes it looks like it's nine-man football, Jason, where the safeties are playing. So it's, a, it's about how they attack. Now, that being said, this rebuilt offense line of Kansas City, I, I know it was preseason, but they all played. Mahomes, they all played in every preseason game. Mahomes played in every one. And they're going to have five new stars. Zeus, Tooney, who they paid a lot of money to from New England. Uh, Creed Humphrey, the rookie out of Oklahoma. Uh, this Trey Smith out of Tennessee, their six-round pick, looks like a steal. And Lucas Niang, they, they look the part. Now, you know, they got to go block Miles and Genevieve and everybody else. I get that. But, you know, Mahomes, it's not like he's a statue back there. The guy's got tremendous movement. Um, I don't know. I, it, this is going to be – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Cleveland's going to have to get in a track meet with them. It's not what they want to do. But if they jump on them the way they did last year in a playoff game, it's, it's going to be tough to keep up with them. Yeah, I'll be really fascinated to see Kevin Stefanski's script, you know what I mean, and how he approaches this while it's still obviously a game and nothing, nothing, or, you know, even if you're down three, you're down seven. Um, how much do they stick to the two, the, the heavy stuff, right, with the multiple tight ends and, and running the ball to set things up, or how much do they come out firing with a guy like Odell, uh, I don't want to say playing for his career, but certainly needing to have a bounce back year with Donovan Peoples Jones looking like a thing in the in the preseason with with Hollywood Higgins being a thing last year when Odell wasn't there. I, I just will be fascinated to see sort of the tempo, the speed and 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 um the personnel groupings that Kevin Stefanski comes out firing with, how he tries to sort of play this game when the game's up for grabs. I agree. I agree. I, I think it's the approach, like how aggressive. That's really what you're saying. How 
how willing is Kevin Stefanski to attack the way you know Kansas City is going to attack? They, they can't help it. It's who they are. It's what they do. Um, it's how Patrick Mahomes sees the field. I mean, they're on attack mode all game long. And so I think if you're going to challenge Kansas City, that's the mentality you have to have. And you've got to say, okay, as, as much as we love Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and, you know, this one-two duo that we have, if you're not taking your shots down the field and trying to pick up chunks whenever you can, I don't know that you're playing the right way against this team. Because I, I truly believe that Kansas City offensively, especially in light of how they've rebuilt this offense line. Miles Garrett and Genevieve Clowney might blow it all up for me. But I, I have a feeling – Zeus has played Miles Garrett before, right side, left side in Baltimore. He he knows what he's getting. He knows he's getting, you know, uh, you know, a locomotive coming at him. And, and Mahomes knows that too. So like I, I have a feeling that the the pre-snap motion, the speed, like it's 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 gonna be that's really I said yesterday that Kansas City they set the tempo and they dictate. Now, how do you want to answer that? And and that's really what I think this thing is going to be interesting to see, you know, how Stefanski comes out with this. I'll talk to him on the field before the game. I don't think I'm going to get much, but I'll talk to Baker. I'll see the guys. Um, I'll talk to Odell and Juice and the guys there. So I'm, I'm anxious to see because I'm sure that that's the game they want to play on the perimeter. Well, the other team in the AFC last year um, that sort of liked the Browns took a took a step forward and these guys went even further than the Browns. They went from, you know, a team that looked like it was capable of getting to the playoffs every year to a team that looked like it was capable of beating anybody in the league on their day and maybe getting to a Super Bowl is the Buffalo Bills. The Bills face the Steelers. This one to me is fascinating. Um, Baldy, you've got Pittsburgh for the first time in forever having to sort of fight and yell and scream and say, we're still here. You know what I mean? Like you don't, don't tread on us where we're used to them sort of, you know, them and the Patriots being um, traditional AFC bullies. The offensive line, they, they, I'm guessing they found their best five, Baldy. It's not the five that if you gave them truth serum back in July, they would have said it. They, they thought it is, but that doesn't matter. Um, we'll have to see how they perform. We'll have to see if Ben Roethlisberger is ready to hit the ground running. Um, and even defensively, you know, the Stephon Tewitt situation, I think, is a big deal for them. Um, they need to get this TJ Watt contract put to bed as we speak right now. They're still deep in negotiations. I think it will get done before the season starts, but not having him on the field all summer hasn't been ideal. I mean, this this looks like two teams perhaps heading in opposite directions, but in week one, you never know. Well, you, you, you don't. Um, I, I would never write Pittsburgh off, uh, but I do think it's going to take this team, if they're going to be a playoff contending team, I think it's going to take time. I mean, they might very well start three rookies in offense. Now, you know, Najee Harris is a given, but they might start Kendrick Green and Dan Moore on the offense line because they may be two of their five best players and healthiest players they have. Zach Banner, uh, you know, kind of threw a wrench with what happened to him. And so you might get a rookie left tackle. You might get a rookie center. Um, it's all right. I mean, it's going to take time, I think, for that group to gel, come together, really be productive. Uh, and defensively, they need TJ to be TJ because, you know, 
they led the league in takeaways when TJ and Bud Dupree and a healthy Cam Hayward and to, and to it were really getting after it two years ago. Um, they don't look like that defense. Nothing looks the same um, that we're used to seeing in Pittsburgh. In the collapse last year and really the year before, I think Ben looks a little rejuvenated. It's early. But Buffalo just looks solid. Like, they, they just look well-coached. They look like they're having more fun than every, anybody else in the league is, to be honest with you. Every time you look at them, they're, they're having a good time. And But I think they're serious about their business, and they know that, um, you know, people want to write them off as being one-year wonders and all that stuff. I, I think Josh Allen's here to stay. Stephon Diggs is here to stay. Like, what they did defensively, I think when you add Star Latulale back in the middle with Russo and Basham and the rookies and how they perform in the preseason, they've got depth up front. I, I mean, I just think this is a really competitive team. And uh, I still call it the Ralph. I can't help it. Um, you know, it's it's 85,000 in Western New York. Um, they're camping out right now, Jason. Winnebago's are lining up. Um you know, I mean, there, it's just a special place. We've all been up there when it's been rocking. It's a special place. I don't think Pittsburgh will be intimidated or anything like that. I'm not saying any of that. But it's, right. it's going to be tough to operate in that in those conditions, I think, week one. I, I like Buffalo in this game. I do too, Baldy. Do you think that the Bills will be more balanced offensively last no, year? No, I don't. You think they'll still just throw, 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 throw? I think that's who they are. I think, okay. you know, they, they lined up. I, I, I've got a a whole book of stats, but I, it was between them and Arizona last year for the most four wide receiver sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might've been number one in five receiver sets. You know, when they were putting Gabriel Davis and John Brown, everybody out there last year, I think they led the league in five because here's, here's the deal, Jason. And here's why I don't think it's going to change because Josh Allen is probably better than any running back. They have running the football. True. And if you just put him back there and you put five receivers out, uh, pick your poison. Like, are you going to double digs? Okay, you almost have to. And then what are you going to do with the others? And then however you want to try to blitz or hurry or rush Josh Allen, he's going to either outrun you. He's just a difficult guy to get to the ground. You know, the size that he is and as fast as he is. Like, he's their run threat when they go five receivers. I don't think it's going to change. I think they're very comfortable putting the ball in his hands and letting him make those decisions. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question about this game, very similar to one I asked you about the Browns Chiefs. So we know that the Bills can play pinball football. If if they're going to throw, 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 try to throw themselves to a big lead and then throw more to bury you. The Steelers last year behind a porous offensive line with an aging quarterback lived in empty set five wide. They say they need to change that. They know they need to change that. They drafted who they think is a, a generational running back to further ensure that, and they changed it, swapped out the offensive line for mostly younger, more athletic guys to try to help do that. Do the Steelers have to try to play this game old-school snail's pace to hang around? Well, you know, the, 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 the game will dictate that. You know, if they keep the score close, if it's 7-3 deep in the second quarter, then they can afford to continue to stay that. But if Buffalo goes down the field and scores and they come down and kick a field goal and it's, it's 10, nothing like you might begin to, you know, and Ben might begin to go, all right, I see where this thing is going. Mm-hmm. Let me get the ball to Deontay on the outside. Let me find Claypool. Let me find my new tight end. I mean, I could see him going, all right, let's, let's 
you want to shoot out, let's go shoot out. Like I, I can see Ben kind of seeing if if they if they fall behind early in this game, Ben saying, "Let I, we could do this, Coach. Let's let's get the ball out. Let's get it in our hand, in our playmakers' hands. Let's see how well they can tackle the secondary." And I, I can see that thing changing pretty fast. And that's what will be fascinating to me because if teams try to do that this year, I think the Bills have closers to say that's that's fine. You do that. We're going to put your quarterback down this year, and we couldn't really do that as much as we'd like a year ago. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think Buffalo can dictate a great deal. I mean, I, I was amazed at the chemistry that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs had last year in a quarantined world and all that kind of stuff. It was instant. Um, I remember doing a game earlier in the year uh, against the Raiders, Buffalo at the Raiders. And, you know, they were struggling early in the game. The Raiders were in it. And they just came out, and I just said at halftime, like, they got to get, they got to find Diggs. And literally, it went like the third quarter, the ball went to Diggs. And there was nothing, you know, the, there was, the Raiders didn't have a single guy that could match up with them. They didn't have any way to take him out of the game. And he, he just changed the game in the third quarter. And that's really their answer if they're struggling, is they'll find Diggs. And he's just that good. Um, he's seen all the different coverages. It's like the great receivers. They've seen all the different ways you could kind of take them out. And then the thing that separates these guys, whether it's, you know, uh, Devontae or, you know, DeAndre, like these guys, they have they, – they know what it takes to beat what they're seeing. And not every receiver has that ability to do it, but these guys do. Baldy, over in the NFC, um, very interesting matchup, Packers and Saints. Packers, this is the last dance for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. New Orleans begins their first season post the Drew Brees era because of the horrible storms down south uh, and particularly how hard New Orleans was hit. This game will be played at a neutral site in Jacksonville. Uh, What are some of your thoughts about what to look for here and how this might unfold? Well, I think um, I think the heat in Jacksonville can be a factor. Number one, mm-hmm. um, the heat, humidity. I just left Florida, Jason. Uh, it could jump on you. And now I saw. I've been to Green Bay this summer. It was hot up there. Uh, New Orleans, it's a given. So let's just see how the guys hold up in the heat. Number one. Number two. I thought it was interesting what happened in New Orleans this week. Latavius Murray was asked to take a pay cut. He refused. They like this. I mean, they always find these free agents, Jason. They like this Tony Jones. Um, he looked good in the preseason. Uh, they've got to have somebody because you just can't give the ball to Kamara every play. You'd like to, you just can't do it. So you got to you got to find a way to rotate guys in there. But it's interesting just how, like, you, you think Latavius Murray is a big part of the team, and he was for the last two years, and then all of a sudden he's gone. And that's kind of how bold – the Saints can be. And so with that, I say that we've watched Drew Brees, you know, just sort of um, buffer up against all the comments about can't get the ball down the field and yards per catch, all this stuff that was being said and tossed out at him, and he bristled at all of it, and rightfully so. They don't have that problem with James. They can push the ball down the field. Um, I think that uh, I think New Orleans is going to be much better than anybody thinks. Sean Payton is just a difference maker. There's not many coaches that you could say that about in the league. There's probably a, you know a half a dozen, but his ability to call plays, get a rhythm, um, figure out what's working, what's not working in the heat of the game, 
I don't know that he has many rivals. And so I like Sean Payton in this game. I like the Saints defense. I think is better. They just finally got themselves a corner that they needed. But I think the Saints defense is going to be really good. All that being said, I think Green Bay is a great team. And I think this is going to be – I don't know that this is being talked about enough this week. Um but this is going to be a really good game on a lot of different levels. And so I'm anxious to watch the matchups here and how this unfolds uh, because I think the Saints will give Green Bay everything they can handle, if not win outright. I, I'm with you, uh, Baldy. I'm I'm buying this Callaway kid on the outside. Yep. I'm buying Jameis's willingness to put the ball downfield and let some of these young receivers make plays, and I think they will. Um, and I think also, you know, this is the best group Jameis has ever had around him. Like, right? I mean, when he was in Tampa, they were still trying to figure out the offensive line. They weren't really able to run the ball that well, at least not consistently. And so he had those receivers and it was kind of just about force feeding it to guys on the outside. But I, I don't think that's I mean, they'll, and, and look, they're going to do more of that in New Orleans than they have in a long time. But that doesn't have to be the main thing. That just has to be one of the things. It's the best offensive line he's ever played with, ever. Um, this is a solid group. I mean, right tackle to left tackle and everybody in between, it's solid. They can protect, uh, you know, when it's third and long and you, you're in shotgun. I mean, they can hold up against Green Bay's pass rush. Um, you know, the play-action passing game we saw in that one preseason game against Jacksonville, um, that's kind of where this thing can go. And really – for Jameis, I think it's going to be pretty simple. Look down the field, and if it's not there, AK-41 is your best friend. And, you know, he's as good as anybody in this business at, you know, the checkdowns, the screens, all that kind of stuff. Like, he's just gifted, and he loves it. And so, I, you know, just being in New Orleans, this summer, I don't know if you got there, Jason. Like I you saw know, him up here in Baltimore, Baldy. Yeah, I saw okay. him a couple well, times. You know, obviously everybody, you know, you had to ask the, you know, the the proverbial, you know, Drew Brees absence questions and all that. Mm-hmm. But and Jameis heard all that, and that's fine. Um, but I, I think this team is really motivated to to win. They they want they were eight and one without Drew over the last two years. They found ways to win with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. Um, I think it was a good thing that. That, Teddy, that Jameis won the quarterback competition because yep. Taysom Hill can come back in his role. And I think that's important because he's he, he has a defined role. It might be even bigger this year, and he's really good at what he does. And so I, I, I think you've, you've got another weapon there that you can really feature in a lot of different ways, whether it's Wildcat, you know, whether it's, you know, him at quarterback, whatever it is. Like there's another way that they can really – that you have to figure out how to defend this team. And so, I don't know, just talking to Cam Jordan and, you know, the, the leaders on the Saints defense, you know, the, you know, DeMario Davis, whatever, like they they expect to be a good team. They expect to be in the yeah, postseason. Man. They expect to win a lot of games. Well, I, I think the Saints are certainly a viable wild card team. I don't know that, you know, the, the Bucks might be on a different level, but I'm with you, Baldy. I think people are sleeping on the Saints, and I think they're balanced enough and well-coached enough to be a factor in the NFC and, and – have something to play for in January. I think we're both bullish on the Chargers and the Washington football team as well, maybe more so um, that than, than some others. 
this was the uh, other matchup that we wanted to hit on here. Going to be quite a baptism by fire for Mr. Slater there, right? The new left tackle uh, for the Chargers. Um, and we have a Washington offense that has a new field general in Ryan Fitzpatrick and really has a, a tight end and a running back who were mm-hmm. new to the position, working through a lot of the kinks last year without a preseason. Um, I, I think that Washington has a chance to pick up where they left off and, and be better than a year ago. It's going to be a great game. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, uh, if you just look at the lines, the Chargers are favored in this game, which is kind of hard to believe. But, I mean, everybody's just so high on Justin Herbert. Now, I don't know if Austin Eckler is going or not going. Um, he's got a hamstring issue. Stuff drives me nuts, Jason. These guys all overtrained. But, anyways, you know, Washington's defense finished fourth in the league last year. Now, you know, they, they, they got a lot of those – uh, defensive uh, ratings, you know, in the NFC East, it wasn't very good. And so is it real? Is it trumped up? Uh, you know, can can you run the ball against Washington? I saw Seattle run the ball really well against them. Um, you know, can you throw it against them? I think they've, you know, the pass rush is real. Matt Ioannidis is back. And people don't realize how good Montez Sweat is. Um, it, it's more than Chase Young for sure. And Couple number one drafted defensive tackles, but you know they, the the Chargers really did a good thing. They went out and got Rashawn Slater. They got Corey Lindsley. They rebuilt their offensive line to protect Justin Herbert, who has great mobility as a quarterback. Uh, this Washington defense is going to get tested, but we're going to find out a lot about Jack Del Rio's you know squad because he's got good receivers. They can get the ball down the field. You got to defend a quarterback that can run. All those kind of things. So it's going to be a great test, but I, I really like uh, Washington in this game. I, I I go back to what Ron Rivera told me in the preseason when I talked to him. He said, Baldy, quote, I know we have a lot of good players. I don't know if that makes us a good team. And I think that's Brandon Staley's probably saying the same thing. You know, like a lot of these guys, until you go do it for real, you know, in a, re- in a, real, in a real game, you don't know how a team is going to respond, how it's going to execute, all those kind of things. It's kind of the, you know, the mystery of week one and maybe week two in the NFL. And so, you know, the Chargers didn't play anybody in the preseason. That could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Um, they, so Washington did, did play their guys. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke, the combination of the two of them. I think they play the, the position really well. I think they see the field really well. Um, I believe in both those players at quarterback. Uh, I like I like what Washington's doing. I I think uh, I think FedEx Field is going to be rocking on Sunday. Uh, does that mean you lean WFT? Yeah, WFT. I'm, I'm leaning towards them right now. Uh, I I am as well, um, and it'll be fascinating to watch these these young teams evolve as the season goes on. Well, Baldy, I know we haven't even kicked off the kickoff game yet. But I figured this is our last chance before they play any games to to tap into um, where you think some hardware might go when it's all said and done and the season is wrapped up. Um, I guess we might as well start with a MVP. Well, I, I, I believe that Patrick Mahomes will go back and, and take and claim his award uh, that he you know won a few years back. Uh, I just think they've at 
they had to rebuild the offensive line. Um, you know, Brett Veach did an unbelievable job uh, of doing it. Trades, free agency, draft picks. I think that's going to be the difference for Mahomes. Um, I, I, I like Patrick to go win his second MVP this year. Uh, I do as well. Um, how about uh, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year? Uh, defensive rookie of the year, I've got two choices right now. I, I've got two linebackers. I've got Micah Parsons in Dallas, and I've got Zayvon Collins in Arizona. I like both those. If you had to choose one right now, I'd, I'd say Micah Parsons. That's just because of the way that they're moving around, the different positions that they're playing them in right now, uh, the way that they're building the defense around his skills, what I saw in three preseason games. Um, I really like uh, I, I like Micah Parsons in this award this year. It's, it's well, funny you say that, Baldy, because I was going to – I was waiting to see what you were going to say, and I was going to ask you a follow-up. Could this be the year of the linebacker? Because I'm buying those guys – I'm also buying this kid Davis in Washington with all the freaks or nature around him. He might be pretty impactful. And even the Browns, if the Browns are now this sort of um, primetime team, right, ready for primetime and they get a lot of national attention and that's a big story with the bookends they have, the JOK and what kind of a chess piece is he? And do they find ways to get him in situations where he can affect the ball or the ball carrier? Well, Jeremiah Owusu Koromo, if they haven't watched him at Notre Dame or watched him in the preseason, I mean, he's a cobra in a pair of football. Sh- I mean, that guy strikes like almost nobody else. I'm anxious to watch him Sunday against the Chiefs and what kind of impact he has. He's not a very big guy, and I'm anxious to see how they use him. You know, is he more nickel than linebacker? I mean, there's buttons, more safety than linebacker. I mean, there's so many different ways you can use him, and so – you got to get it creative with these guys, and that's up to the coordinators to be able to do it. Uh, so I, I do think the linebackers are going to be very impactful. For the rookie of the year, I'll just come right out and say it right now. I'll say Mac Jones. He's going to be given an unbelievable opportunity in, you know, in an organization that's very well coached. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to be pretty good in front of them. They'll be able to run it. This these two new running backs they got, Ramondre Stevenson at 255 pounds and uh, this J.J. Taylor, like these kids are like they complement each other. In addition to Damian Harris and everything else they got there, um, I, I, I'll just say Mac Jones, rookie of the year right now. I mean, I, he's going to be giving an unbelievable opportunity. He's on a better team than Zach Wilson is with the Jets or, you know, Trevor Lawrence is with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, you know, he gets a, a great test week one against the Dolphins. Um, it's the battle of my, you know, Alabama quarterbacks um, and one that succeeded the other. So I'll say Mac Jones right now. Well, I'm with you on the Patriots being interesting. We covered the Saints um, a few minutes ago and we're both bullish on them. Let's transition into coach of the year. Sean Payton, Bill Belichick are guys who are perennially in that discussion um any other thoughts about potential coach of the year candidates yeah i do um i've got i mean i think kevin stefanski can be in the in the conversation especially if cleveland finds a way to win the afc north um just you know just the level 
just just how he steadied that ship in Cleveland and turned them into winners. And I think everybody believes that this was much more than just a one-year wonder a year ago. They look like a really solid football team. You know, and, you know, like part of the coach of the year is the staff you bring in. When you bring Bill Callahan in, I mean, that's a great beginning of a great staff, um, you know, at the offense line coach. But I think Stefanski can be in, in, in the conversation. I think Matt Rule can be in the conversation. I think Carolina is going to be very good, much improved. Uh, I think they're going to have a winning record. Uh, so I think those guys, but I guess, you know, it's, it's going to go to a team that's going to get a team into the final four. So I don't know, Matt LaFleur, can he be a guy that, you know, can get through and break through in the championship game this year? He's been to two of them. Can Matt LaFleur be in the conversation? I'll, I'll take Matt LaFleur right now in Green Bay. I think they're going to be a good team. Interesting. Interesting. Defensive player of the year. If you're a betting man, I, I guess you go to Vegas and just say chalk on Aaron Donald because that's uh, generally a safe bet. Personally, I think Miles Garrett could have something to say about this when it's all said and done. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, I'll go off the grid. You know, I, mean, I understand, you know, that uh, these pass rushers and the guys that can get sacks and get to the quarterback can uh, affect, um, you know, that, that you know, usually get the attention. But I, I'll go Jalen Ramsey. I think he's the best corner in football. I think that he's going to get more number one assignments that he got under Brandon Staley. Um, I, I, I think Jalen Ramsey is a guy that when he goes up against DeAndre Hopkins, goes up against DK Metcalf, goes up against, you know, Debo Samuel, like he can he can throw a blanket over those guys and limit those. I think he's going to get more opportunities to do that this year. I'll just say, I you know, he does, he's probably not going to get the interception totals because people don't want to challenge him that much. But I'll, I'll, I'll take Jalen Ramsey for Defensive Player of the Year. Excellent. And last but never least, Baldy, your fearless Super Bowl prediction. Here we are on September 9th, and I'm looking, you know, at the Bucks in Kansas City, and I go, why can't we get a rematch? I know everybody wants to go against the rematch theory because we don't see it, but why can't Kansas City and Tampa rematch at SoFi Stadium in Super Bowl 56 in February? I, I mean, I, I can't find anybody better in either conference. I know it certainly can happen. But I'll say the Bucks and the Chiefs rematch. And in the rematch, I'll take the MVP Patrick Mahomes of the league. And I'll take the Chiefs in the rematch. That's that's kind of how I'm looking at it right now. No, I, I hear you. And and to your point about, you know, well, we haven't seen it in a while. Well, we've never seen a 44-year-old quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And we've never seen a – I mean, a 44-year-old quarterback like Tom Brady. And we've never seen a phenom take the league by storm the way – Mahomes did throwing 50 touchdowns. So, yeah, you're different. We're in a different era. Um, different. We're seeing things happen that we never thought were possible. So, if they were back at the mountaintop again, uh, you know, next February, I'm with you, Baldy. Nobody should be shocked. Well, we got a lot of Baldy's breakdowns to do between now and the Super Bowl. We look forward to doing them each and every week. We thank you guys, as always, for listening. Please. Um, give us some feedback on Twitter at Jason Lock and Fora at Baldy NFL and rate, review, subscribe, stay in touch with us, Spotify, iTunes, wherever uh, you get your podcast goodness. And we will 
Do this again next Thursday and throughout the NFL season. Don't watch these games without having listened to us first. We'll preview them for you each and every week. Baldy, safe travels, brother. Hope you have a wonderful broadcast. And uh, can't wait to uh, dissect week one and look forward to week two with you next Thursday. You got it, Jason. I I do the same as well, man. Looking forward to it. Enjoy week one. It's going to be a great way to kick off the season.